Hello and welcome. I'm Richard from VegGrow Podcast and this is episode 189 featuring Ivan from Discutterful. And today is the 8th of October 2018. Now coming up today we have the diary where I'll be discussing what I've been doing over this last week which to be honest mostly focuses on my recycled shed project. But more on that in a bit. After that, we've got the Garden Days calendar and what that suggests to do for this next week. Then after that, I've got a chat with my friend Yvonne, who is a fellow podcaster from the Netherlands. Now, we've actually been emailing for a while now and having chit-chats and things like that. We finally had the chance to have a chat about her garden and a look out on the life. And we also learned a few Dutch words, but more on that later on. So let's get on with the show. So I'm just using that bit of music at the moment just to break the sections up. I like the idea. I'm just not happy with that music at the moment, but I'll, uh, I'll change that in the future. But let's get on with a diary. Now, Tuesday, I popped down to the allotment after work. Now, it was getting dark, but I managed to film a bit of a walk around. Uh, that went out on Wednesday on both Facebook and YouTube. On that note, this week's video will also be out on Wednesday because I'm a bit behind. But anyway, yeah, I filmed a bit of a walk around and something I was getting really annoyed with in that video was the amount of weeds that seemed to have sprung up lately. Uh, after the film, and I did manage to do a bit of weeding again, but I'm going to start trying to make my life easier by covering empty areas with cardboard again. And hopefully that will just keep the weeding down. Thursday was the next day I managed to do any garden-related job. And that was this time at home in the garden. And I was cutting down my old fence posts. You may remember back in May where you had my fence replaced because it was knackered. Well, I don't like to waste anything, as you know. The, pa- the panels themselves have been burning. And we are slowly burning them all. But the posts, I kind of had an idea. They would do for a base to lift the shed off the ground. Or my recycled shed, I should say. Uh, so I set about doing that. Now I'd asked my brother for the size of a shed. And I think at this point it's probably a good idea to explain what this recycled shed project is all about. Well, for a while now... I've wanted to have a bigger shed on the allotment. My little metal shed I have down there, it's a little bit too small. Um, I've got all my tools in there, my barbecue and stuff. And if I want to, if it's raining and I want to get in out the rain, I can't. Um, If I had less stuff in there, possibly, but I still think then it's going to be a bit too small. And I've always fancied the idea of having a an allotment shed that would have a you know a nice little kettle in there, a nice little armchair, sit down and have a cup on the go. And I don't read the paper, but perhaps um, read or look at some Instagram photos and read some tweets, various things like that. There's always been my idea. Live videos as well, something I'm going to do in there. Uh, anyway, my idea, I've been collecting bits of wood for a while now to build this shed. But my mum had this 
metal shed in a garden for years. It was used as a bike store and it was pretty rusty in places. And she decided it was time to replace it. And, well, I kind of thought, actually, if she's getting rid of it, I could use it instead. Okay, it's rusty, but a bit of paint, hammerite, great stuff. Um, and I'll bring it up to scratch. It may not last forever, but nothing will. So I said to mum, I'll have it. So that is my idea behind this recycled shed. It's it's not... <laughs> it is recycled because it's not going to waste. Now, my brother, as I said, my brother informed me the size of the base. So I cut the, the base to this. Um... He said it was 2 metres by 1.6 metres. So I made a base to that size. I did actually make it a bit larger. I always do. And the idea of the base is obviously the, the shed itself is bolted down. It's lifted off the ground, but it's also got a bit of weight to it because metal sheds particularly have a tendency to blow over on my allotment because they're so light. I'm not a fan of metal sheds personally. I prefer wooden ones, but I can't fit the panels for a wooden one in my van because it's all kitted out. Uh, I can't get a shed delivered to an allotment site. So that left me with, well, what do I do instead? Which brought me, which is where metal panel sheds do have a, th a thing of line. They're pretty compact when you buy them. And they're light. Anyway, so the Friday I did pop to the allotment after work again, uh, getting prepared for Saturday. But I also um, filled up the beds with more manure. Now, while I was collecting manure for my supplier, there was a gentleman there also doing the same. He informed me that my supplier will soon be stopping supply of manure. And that's going to be a pain because this stuff is brilliant stuff. It's really well rotted, always available, but... Now I've got to find somewhere else to get some horse manure from. Saturday. Um, now my plan was take down the shed for my parents, dismantle it there, transport it to my allotment, rebuild it and paint it all in one day. Yeah. Well, I went to my parents and we, I started dismantling the shed. My brother came along to give us a hand. Um, he, we planned that. As we started it started raining and it didn't stop raining and it got heavier and heavier while it didn't stop us from dismantling the shed it slowed us down and in the end all we managed on saturday was we got it dismantled and transported to the allotment but it was too wet to even try so we um we decided to call it a day and start again tomorrow which thankfully my brother was available on sunday to help me sunday morning came uh, and the day, the day actually started with some devastating news for my wife and I. And it's something I can't go into on this podcast because it's, um, yeah, yeah, I, I probably burst into tears to be honest. So anyway, despite this, we still decided it was good to go to the allotment and build the shed. And I've, it may sound pretty, um, uncaring in that sense but I've always said that going out in a garden or allotment always if you're sad or depressed always helps 
certainly me anyway, cheer me up and get my head in the game. Anyway, my brother came down. My mother came as well, uh, although she went away and then came back. But it, it was nice spending time with my brother, my mum, my wife, and we, we cracked on with this project. Um, also helped lift my mood and my wife's mood for that. Um, anyway, we got the shed built. The, there was one problem, though. The base. <laughs> Slightly too small, wasn't it? Uh, he gave me the measurements and he got them wrong. Not massively. Um, we've got a gap on one side, but that'll be hidden. Yeah. Not happy. <laughs> anyway. While we were building a shed, I actually had a, a tweet from Lee, the skinny gin gardener. Uh, and he, he tweeted that he had been attacked by a squirrel while gardening. And I shared this on Twitter and Instagram. And it sounds like a joke. It really is not a joke. Um, it was, it sounds like Lee was pretty badly hurt. I hope he's okay. And I meant everything I've said. You know, I try cheering everyone up, but, um, anything I can do to help get in touch. Anyway, hope you're okay, Lee, buddy. I know you listen, so yeah. Um, and if you are listening to this and want to find out the whole story, check out the Skinny Jean Gardener podcast and let it be known squirrels can be vicious little things. Anyway, back to the shed build and we got it built. Uh, my brother started painting the inside of the shed with some white paint. Well, I started painting the roof with green. I swear, Hammerite direct onto rust is so good for this. Uh, actually, the paint is the only thing I've had to buy. But my brother's painting skills were uh, to be desired. He actually ran out of paint when he didn't quite get all the way round. I don't quite know how, because he had a whole tin. And I don't want to criticise him, because he was helping, but lots of run marks and stuff I'm not saying I'm the best painter but I've got to go over it again and I'm not criticizing him please don't think I'm I'm annoyed with him or anything he was helping me so you know and it's practice for him isn't it anyway while the paint dried we popped to my house to get some kitchen cabinets that and worktops that my dad was getting rid of and I kept hold of these for this very same reason. We've installed these into the shed and it's made like a nice little kitchen worktop with some under storage uh, which is going to be where I have a kettle and things like that going which I'm um, really really happy with. After that we called it a day and went home. Now this evening, before uh, I recorded this podcast, I popped to the allotment, uh, just doing a little bit more painting and uh, what have you. I'm, just, I'm planning just to do a little bit of painting each day, just to bring it up to scratch. Now the shed isn't complete, but I'm really excited by it so far. It's cost me 20 quid so far, let's say. Um, I might get some lino for the floor, but as it goes, 20 quid for a shed a decent sized shed it ain't bad in my opinion lesson I've learned is don't ask my brother to paint or measure well that's not fair but it's all learning curves and that pretty much brings the diary up to date now last week I forgot to mention what I harvested 
And actually, this week, I haven't written up the Harvest report yet. I'm behind. Anyway, um, I've actually got very little to report on the Harvest this week. We've had eight chicken eggs, and I'm really happy with those because they're back in and laying. Uh, we've also had salad leaves and herbs, so it's been a very low week. Now, this isn't because we don't have anything to harvest or growing. It's because I don't need to harvest anything. I tend to try and harvest stuff as and when I need it or as and when it has to be harvested. Only because as soon as you harvest it, it starts losing its freshness. So I always think it's best to leave the harvesting until needed. Well, this wraps up the diary section. So let's have a look at what the Garden Days calendar suggests to do for this next week. So the Garden Days calendar suggests to do for this next week with less maintenance work to be done. Now is an ideal time to look critically at the bare skeleton of your garden and plan the introduction of new plants or features to enjoy next year. Bring new life to an old tree by planting clematis at its base to grow undisturbed through the branches. Well, yeah, the less maintenance thing. I've always said that I garden right throughout winter. I don't stop. And although there's less work to be done over the winter, and quite a few of the, the watering takes care of itself mostly, and the weeds don't grow so much, but the actual bare bones the hard grafting work like the uh, building beds and that sort of thing i think is ideal over winter so i agree i totally agree with what it says um and it's something that i do look at from time to time anyway uh quite often saving jobs for that sort of time anyway the clematis up an old tree isn't something i particularly do um clematis is the plant i I have grown in the past, actually, an all-edible plant I have grown, but it's not particularly one that I know a huge amount about. So that wraps up this Garden Days calendar section. Let's go on to this chat with Yvonne. Well, Yvonne. Welcome to the Veg Grower Podcast. So great to finally get the chance to chat to you. We've um, been emailing for quite a while. Uh, for the listeners at home, I guess, where do we start with uh, talking about who you are? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Richard, for having me. Um, I am Yvonne Smit and I live in the Netherlands. Uh, the Netherlands is a very small country, but we still have a part of the country which is called the southern part of the country, and that's where I live. In a medieval town, we have a big cathedral, Roman Catholic uh, cathedral in town. It's very pretty over there. And uh, my house is not too far away from the center, uh, city center. Uh, but I still have quite, a, quite a, a garden, I must say. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, I was uh, born and, and raised in a very pretty part of the country. And I think my parents... Um, teached me a lot about um, ecology without having the knowledge themselves. They just let me enjoy the woods and the riverside. And um, it, it, I think that's how it all started and how 
I came to to be a podcast producer on ecology uh, as I am now. Yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm I'm married with Ton, and we have two cats. And um, when I met Ton, um, we went to live in an apartment, and we had a balcony. And I think Richard, you could tell uh, when you walked would have walked into the street, you would have noticed one balcony which was green yep. because of all the plants. Yeah. That yeah. was our balcony. <laughs> that was like the windowsill of my flat I used to live in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You recognize that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So at one at one point, um, I had some uh, uh, had been weeding on the balcony, and I had two of those uh, um, buckets full of uh, old plants, etc. And I walked into the the living room through the balcony door, uh, and at that point, my husband said. Now it's time to buy a house in the garden. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's how it started. Excellent, excellent. And you haven't looked yeah. back. I'm sorry. So, and you haven't looked back since. I don't. I don't know oh. what that means. Sorry. So basically, you haven't regretted the decision to have. A oh garden. no, no, no! It was a very, very positive decision. Uh, no regrets at all. Um, we we are lucky to be able to buy a house with a. Um, I think the garden is about um, 450 square meters. Right. Yeah. Which is which is, which is in, in Dutch perspective. Yeah. Tiny country, many people. Yeah. It's rather a big garden, city garden. That's rather a large garden, even for us yeah. here. Um, yeah. It's about twice the size of mine. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so. I'm considered to have a large garden by our standards. Uh, yeah, twice the size of my allotment as well, more or less. My husband had an uh, edu- um, uh, horticultural training, mm. and that's why I started as a, um, g- a gardener for, for pleasure, only um, ornamental planting, mm-hmm. flowers and shrubs yeah. and trees and um, a pond. But, but um, in... Then I learned about uh, nature more and more. I became a, um, a volunteer in a nature association here. I uh, had a have a cert- certificate on um, as a nature guide. So more and more, I came to understand ecology in the garden, and that's how this ornamental garden changed into an ecological garden. Right. Um, with uh, as much. Um, plants in the garden as possible, which belong here in this part of the of the world. Yeah. So whenever a rhododendron dies, I won't replace it. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. I suppose rhododendrons. I mean, I'm not familiar with uh, ornamental plants, but I don't suppose that does come from your part of the world originally, then. No, it's somewhere in the Himalayas, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> so my knowledge of ornamentals is next to nothing. I just don't like ornamentals. I'm only interested in edibles. Yes, I know. know I know. <laughs> That's why I like your post- podcast that much. And it's quite an inspiration, really. Um, a couple of years ago, I began to uh, um, plant uh, yeah, parsley, Thyme, uh, the usual stuff, <laughs> yep. and um, 
I noticed it. It tastes so wonderful and it gives you so much freedom to uh, when it's uh, five or six o'clock in the evening to go outside and see uh, what's out in the garden that you can eat and prepare your meal, make a recipe on the spot and prepare yeah. your meal. It's such an adventure. Yeah. So um, that's how I um, managed to uh, make a small uh, reconstruction of the garden and a part of the garden is now my uh, um, veg, uh, vegetable patch. Yep. And I think right. that part is about 25 um, square meters. Yeah. And on the other side of the house, I have um, an unheated greenhouse, a potting shed and a few um, fruit uh, bushes. Right. Yes. Excellent. So it's not too big, but um, when you uh, use permaculture as your guide, yeah. uh, um, you um, find out that um, you can do a lot in 25 square meters. Yes, yes. I will get into permaculture a bit later on because it's something I want to learn about. But you've mentioned you do podcasting now at Discutafel, which has taken me a while to learn how to pronounce correctly, but... I've got there now. <laughs> um, what is Discutafel all about? I'll explain the name first. Uh, yeah, go um, for it. Yes, discu comes from the Dutch word of discussion, discussie. And discussion, I think it has the same meaning in, in English. It means you, you exchange views on, on topics and yeah. together you want to create um, some kind of understanding each other uh, and, and learning from each other. Um, so that's discu from discutafel, discussion. And tafel is the Dutch word for table. And table, we use table as a metaphor for um, like dining together, sitting around the table, being together, growing together, eating together, sharing and sharing is a very important word in permaculture. Mm -hmm. um, permaculture has um, his ori its origins in Tasmania. I think it was in the 70s, perhaps early 80s. I don't yeah. know exactly. They yeah. noticed there that the um, um, erosion problem was getting too big, yeah. too much erosion. So the produce of the land was bad. And they um, went studying yeah, what, what was the cause, and they realized that they were um, the, the, the soil was exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember his name, Bill Mullinson, wasn't it? Was that his name? Uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and permaculture is in, in the name for permanent agriculture. Yes. So that's how it started. It started in the agricultural world. But I think that after a couple of decennia, you can say that the thoughts behind agri uh, permaculture, you can translate it to all fields of life, really. Yes. At your work, your, the way you, you um, uh, have your family connections, uh, friendships, um, um, organizations. Um, there are three main principles in permaculture. One is taking care of the earth. Yeah. The second is taking care of the people. Yeah. And the third is sharing the surplus. Yeah. 
that's the basis of permaculture. Yep. Yes. It's it's pretty. What's the word? Pretty um, simple tenets to live by, isn't it? It's a. Uh, it might be regarded as a kind of hippie attitude, but it's not a hippie attitude. It's a. We should all be doing that sort of thing. It's taking care of the earth. What it, we live on the earth, so we need to take care of it. Taking care of people, we live with people. We need to take care of it and sharing. Well, what's the point of having stuff if you can't share it with the people you exactly. know? Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, it's no rocket science. I think no. it's a, um, a kind of um, um, imitating nature. Yes. Uh, yes. Like the um, old um, folks in America, the Indians, uh, used to do uh, centuries ago. Yeah. Um, observe the nature, react to it, um, catch and save the energy like uh, your uh, rainwater uh, buds you recently yep. restored, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the principles aren't that difficult, but I think we we have been forgot. We forgot them somehow. I don't know. No, it's it seems. I would say after World War Two, I guess is that all of a sudden the old ways of gardening were lost and especially here in the UK, the what is called uh, the modern techniques or the, I can't think of the correct word of it now, but the whole ploughing the land and just what isn't good for the earth really, ploughing the land, chemicals and everything, that is considered to be the standard stuff. But when you take permaculture or the old methods, no dig is obviously an example I use. Well, what happens in a, a wood, in a forest? The leaves fall on the ground, that becomes compost, and it creates its own mulch. And the worms drag that down into the ground. No dig on a massive scale. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't You didn't take one course in permaculture, but you, you, you it's right on spot what you're saying at the moment. Yeah. And it's... I think it's so stimulating because um, it's very easy to translate this into practice, everyday practice, yeah. as long as you open your eyes, open your ears and see it. Yes, yes, definitely. And what we don't want in our podcast and on the website, we don't want to uh, be a preacher or uh, be very the uh, with all uh, uh, theory about it. We just want to, like you do, um, um, just want to um, describe everyday life and everyday um, methods of um, looking at the nature and making it easy for yourself. Really, yeah. yeah. No digging is a lot easier, oh, God, isn't yes. it? Yeah, definitely, definitely, so much easier. I mean, I I don't think I've ever dug over the soil since I started gardening twenty five years ago, but. If I've ever had to dig a tree or anything, I would dread to do that on a every year basis, especially where I live now. Where I've got a really hard clay soil. I couldn't dig for more than an hour and I wouldn't get very far at all. Whereas no dig, bang, it's done. The hard bit is actually sourcing the compost material. Exactly. Yeah. I'm on sandy soil here. It's uh, quite different, different yes. way of gardening. Um, I have raised beds yeah. in the vegetable garden, 
um, they suit me fine, but I do notice that they dry out easily, especially sure. in this year. Yeah, yes. This year's been a challenging year, to say the least, hasn't it? Yes, exactly, exactly, yes. So that's the um, uh, explanation of discutavel, meaning discussion at the table, together sharing sure. and caring for the earth and for each other. Yeah, well, we've pretty much explained permaculture while we're in that as well. Isn't so- it? Yeah. Yes. So well, and because I am a nature guide, I, I like to talk about the, the the birds and 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 the um, the insects flying into your garden as well, because I think they're part of the fun of gardening and part of the uh, um, the result you achieve from your vegetable but vegetable patch. Yeah. So uh, now and then I have a subject about um, um, well. Uh, something that happens in in the in this time of year in nature, yeah. which influences your garden. Oh, definitely, definitely. I always find with certainly with my podcasts that by having something happen in the garden that I can then say I can talk about that on the next podcast is it works really well for podcasting, especially the type of podcasts that we we do, where it is very much our story. And if, like the other week, I saw a hedgehog in the garden, well, I can, I've got that to discuss about. And that was actually on a video, and that's been really popular because people love to see hedgehogs. Exactly. Well, you have two kinds of, po- of podcasts. Our podcast, yours and, and ours, are uh, rather personal. Yeah. Um, um, and that that's, makes the listener being very close to you. Yes. Um, for instance, my husband recently asked, "How how's how's the, how how are the quails, Richard quails?" Oh, they're very well. <laughs> yeah, but that means he's he's involved in the story. It's it's like a feuilleton, a, 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 a continuing story of the quails yeah. and chickens and 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 the rhubarb and and etc. Yes, but you also have podcasts which are more um, radio uh, broadcasts. Yeah. Um, Put in a tin and put it on on the on the internet, and that's it. Yes, um, that's another kind of podcast. But I do believe in the more personal uh, stories, where yeah. you can um, involve people and take them with you in just a tiny little part of your life. Yes, yes. Well, that's very much what happens, I believe, on YouTube as well. Which I, I don't know if the YouTube videos are popular in in your country but certainly in the uk the allotment youtube video genre is massive there's a lot of people just sharing what they're doing on the allotment could be every day could be every week or every few weeks but it's just sharing their own story it's a very personal story well youtube is of course visual which means you can show things um personally uh i prefer audio because yeah. I can listen to podcasts when I'm working in the garden or when I'm traveling in the train or in the car yes. whilst uh, viewing a YouTube film, a YouTube movie, I have to um, sit and watch. Yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> so, I, but that's personal. Uh, it's I my to- personal lifestyle. I to- no, I totally agree with you because I'm exactly the same with that. I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. YouTube, I should watch more because some of my listeners have watched are on YouTube. But 
it's finding the time to actually sit down and watch a YouTube video. Whereas podcasts, I'm doing something, I could be driving or working like yourself, and I can listen to it at the same time. Which is why audio and podcast is such a great media for the whole gardening genre. Especially permaculture, I believe, is a... Well, in many ways, it's very much back to that whole permaculture of observe and react. You're observing people can't do... Can't watch YouTube or something on the move, but they can listen to audio. Yeah, exactly. But I think every podcast has its own... Um, listeners, his own uh, uh, niche, uh, his own fans. Uh, I do listen to more um, um, green podcasts, so to speak. Uh, um, uh, Like uh, On the Ledge of Jane Perrone. She speaks about houseplants. And um, Gardener's Corner, BBC Radio Ulster. And of course, Gardener's Question Time, BBC Radio (laughs) Podcasts. Yeah. Um, for me, it's also um, um, learning English better and, and listening to the, the English voices. I, I like that very much. And I have a couple of new podcasts on my list, which I haven't listened to yet. Um, Growing Wild and um, Gar- Gardens, Weeds and Words. Yeah. I do all have to try those out and see um, what, um, what my favorites will be. Yeah. And I have some... I uh, listen to some Dutch podcasts about uh, nature and no, not too much about gardening because I do think that Discutafel is one of the first, if yeah. not the only podcast in Dutch about gardening on the whole. Really? So I, I haven't uh, listened to another gardening podcast yet in Dutch. Wow. So, so you're cornering the market at the moment for that one. I'll be, I'll be the, I'm the first and I'll always be the first. <laughs> but I must say that the permaculture is um, worldwide rather popular, rather known, but not in, um, in the Netherlands. So um, as, as the Dutch language is a very small language, only a few people in the world speak Dutch, I was considering... Uh, broad, making a broadcast in uh, in English as well to reach um, a bigger public and share my ideas and exchange views with the public. Um, on the other hand, that would be very intense to do, um, time consuming. But I do I do have some breaking news for you, Richard, about this. Go for it. I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have decided to publish. A hundred percent English spoken episode now and then about a subject which is uh, relevant to you in Great Britain, Ireland, and all over the world. Um, that will be an, on an irregular basis. Um, whenever I see a subject, a, a topic of the Dutch podcast, which I think of, well, that would be nice. I'll make uh, a podcast in in uh, fully English. So oh, you're um, at your service, Mr. <laughs> Richard. Uh, now and then you can hear me speaking in English on the podcast. Well, I will definitely listen to those. You've definitely got at least one listener for those. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. 
And then I think uh, the first subject to give you an idea will be uh, bird migration and your garden. All right, yeah, that's interesting stuff. And funnily, you mentioned about bird migration. I just saw in my garden today, uh, one of my robins have returned. I see. So, so you, so you do know that this individual hasn't been in your garden this summer, has yeah, he? No, he's he went away for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've normally got about three of them that come back to my garden every year. Uh, so this is the first one I've seen. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> it's like an old friend coming back, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, that's nice. And that's it's a big, nice. Well. It's, the cliche is when you stick your fork or spade in the ground and it sits on top of the fork or spade. Exactly, yes. <laughs> but most people think it's the same rubber year-round, but it isn't. And I like to talk about that because it gives you more pleasure when you're gardening and you can say hello to your old friend when he comes back from his long journey yeah. and um, decides to, to land in your garden and annoy you uh, when you're working in the garden. Oh, oh, wouldn't say annoy. I find him quite a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Discutavel usually uh, has publication, publications in Dutch, and now and then it will be in fully English, and the show notes and the website will uh, tell that it's fully in English. Excellent, excellent. Is Because this Discutavel isn't on iTunes, is it? Oh, yes, you can you can find uh, Discutavel on iTunes, no problem. Um, the host is Potbean, which is an American host, but I've arranged to it that you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, you can stream it on Spotify, Blueberry, and various other director directories. So it should be no problem to find Discutavel in the podcatcher or the podcast app that you use. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'll make sure that all goes into the notes and everyone knows about that more as well. Um, well, I was hoping you would teach us some Dutch words. Oh, dear. <laughs> what would you like to know? Uh, well, I've got a bit of a list of a few. Uh, the first word I would guess might be the easiest one. Gardening. Tuinieren. 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 Yes. Because a garden is a tuin. Right. Town yeah. yeah. Yes. Hey, excellent. Uh, what's next on my list? Shed. Schuur. Sorry, say that again, please. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to you repeating this word. <laughs> Schuur. Schuur. <laughs> we, we, S C H is a is a is a, a um, the three. Uh, letters, three uh, sounds, which we usually combine to one uh, sound, and it's Schlur. But it's quite impossible for British people. Like right. Scheveningen, it's the same thing. It's very difficult for you. But it is, shed is Schuur. Schuur. <laughs> well, I tried. Uh, well, what's the next word then? Uh, greenhouse. Kas or hobby kas. 
kas is really the, the glass house. Right. And hobby kas means it's in the back garden of a of a person, of an individual, and not like uh, um, um, a farmer who uh, has paprikas or uh, um, other vegetables, uh, growing vegetables for the for the market, you know? So, kas right. of hobby kas. Clash. Is that right? Class. Like K, like in chaos. Oh, right. Class. Kas. K-A-S. I think it's Cass in English. Just three. K-A-S. Cass. Hey. How was the second pronunciation? Hobby hobby class? Hobby class. Hobby. Hobby means um, um, that it's... um, uh, at some in someone's back garden and not a professional cos right. because farmers also have a cos right when they grow cucumbers for the market right okay you understand yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, obby class not the l cos uh, obby cos yes yay yeah. yes yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll send you a certificate. (laughs) Hey, great stuff. Great stuff. Well, there's one last word that I've got on the list. Barbecue. Ah, that's a tricky one. We don't have a Dutch word for it. We use a lot lot of English words in a language and we adopted barbecue. Oh, really? Yes, we did. Oh, right. Okay. So. I've pronounced that right already. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Excellent stuff. But perhaps it's nice to hear the word for a quail. Okay, go for that. Krachtel. 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 <laughs> oh, it's so difficult. It, yeah, yeah. It, well, I, I mean, I think I've said this to you before. Here... English-speaking countries, certainly. We're very lazy when it comes to learning languages. Um, it's a bit of a, a disgrace to us all. Well, I say disgrace, that's probably worse. But we, we we should take more of an effort to learn people's languages, I think, including myself. But I've, I've taken steps today and I've learned a bit of Dutch. <laughs> you did. You certainly did. Thank you for taking the trouble, because I know it's not easy. No, but I guess learning English isn't easy either. No, it isn't. But um, from early days on, I watched um, um, British comedy on the Dutch television, and we have always subtitles on television. So right. the voices are in dubbed. So I always heard um, um, old favorites, uh um, are, um, are you being served? Yeah. Or uh, Captain Mannering uh, and, and his, uh, his team? Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's army. Uh, I always heard the English language as spoken by the actors themselves, oh, yeah. and 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 I got used to reading the Dutch. Uh, subtitles and at this point now um, now these times I usually don't use the subtitles anymore I just listen to the English <laughs> voices and uh, when I hear um, when I don't understand it when I hear a word I don't know I, I quickly look under the screen and the back uh, under side in the, to the to the subtitles 
So I learn more and more. For us, it's so much easier to be confronted with English language and thus learning the language. Yeah. 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 I mean, admittedly, when I've been on holiday in many other countries, everywhere else seems to speak English. So instantly we're lazy because we don't have to learn you, you don't even get the chance when you when you set one footstep at Schiphol Airport, uh-huh. all people speak English to you. We love to speak English and practice on you. Oh, excellent! Okay, glad yeah. we're useful for sake. <laughs> okay, um, well, have you got anything you would like to add? Um, well. Perhaps at, at, at some time I would like to discuss weeding with you. Weeding? Because I, yeah, weeding. Because I noticed that you have your own discipline of weeding uh, 15 minutes uh, every time you go to your plot because there are all weeds there. And um, I'm very curious um, uh, why those weeds keep coming there time after time while you don't dig and while you have your your planting sorted out and your your plan in your garden yeah. i must admit that i i hardly ever do weeding only in the early spring i kill them all uh, by um uh, even putting scissors above yep. them uh, and knocking their heads off yeah and because permaculture has a quite um um a way of planting interplanting i hardly have bare soil yeah. but that doesn't mean i have all the knowledge in the world and perhaps next year it will be totally different but how do you prevent your 15 minutes of weeding every time well what's your plan my my plan is just to Especially in the summer when I'm busy at work, the 15 minutes was I can easily fit 15 minutes into a day just solid weeding. Not so much at home because the chickens do a lot of it for me at home. It's down the allotment that I get the weeds. Uh, And that's because the ground was so neglected for a couple of years before I took it on. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooch grass has set in, and that's the worst thing. Okay, yes. Yeah. The only way to really eradicate cooch grass is to dig it out. Well, we're not going to do that. Um, uh, my doing the no dig approach, covering it all with compost and manure. If I went about a foot deep, should stop it. But covering two hundred and fifty square meters of land with compost and manure takes quite a lot of compost so it, in theory it'll be great but what i've done i've just covered it with a layer of manure and then i just run over it with a hoe which is a bit like a blade uh, do you know what a hoe is i should yeah yeah and yeah. um, and that in theory should stop all the plants from coming up and sprouting it just stopping them dead in theory the difficulty with that of course is when you've got plants growing because it is a blade you don't want to nick a plant or catch a plant that you've planted and you want to grow. Otherwise, you end up chopping that off like it was a weed. Um, so, yeah, that's basically my idea. Now, on the 15 minutes I've been doing during the summer period, it's basically if I've seen a blade of grass, I'll just pull it out. Just literally pull it out by hand. Um, and that should pull it out in any of the 
roots come with it in theory. Easier said than done, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Theory and practice aren't always the same. But yeah. what you just what you just told me was a very um, important explanation because you inherit, as it were, as, as, so to speak, the um, uh, the way your um, the, the the one who, who took care of the garden in the past did his thing. Yeah. And now you have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, literally, the cooch grass, when I first took it on, um, it it was up to my shoulders. It was so high. <laughs> yeah, it was a I, mess. I was a bit, bit pity for, uh, for you when I heard that. If I'm, not, I'm just doing my 15 minutes again, watching the clock. Yeah. I must do it. I he, thought, oh, it's a, it's a shame. He's, he's doing a great job over there, and he doesn't like weeding and how... <laughs> But I think you're doing a good job now. Just uh, um, having patience and 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 uh, well, in a couple of years' time, it should be okay. I think uh, th- that's my theory as well. And again, the 15 minutes is so I could do it every day. I mean, if you can't find 15 minutes in your day to to do something that you in, well, not necessarily enjoy, but going out on the outside. And doing something outside for 15 minutes, then there's something wrong in your life to not be able to do that. That's, That's a wise theory. thing to do because you book, you, you have progress every day then. For yeah. Every time you go, you have booking progress. Yeah. So I yeah. understand. Yeah, that was a question of mine. What I yeah. wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> fine. That's absolutely yeah. fine. It's what it's because I, I find weeding very difficult to describe in audio because it's weeding. You're just trying to pull out weeds or hoe the land, and yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. I mean, well, good old Bob, good old Bob Flowerdew once teached us uh, on on Gardener's World Question Time or Gardener's World TV. I don't remember many years ago to use the scissors and 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 cut the heads off uh, in in early spring. <laughs> I don't know if he thinks still thinks it's the right way to do, but sometimes I still do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess really that's what the hoes do in any way. Yeah, cutting. exhausting them. But yeah. I, I do think that the hoe sometimes, uh, if you're not working properly, disturbs the land. So yeah. new seeds are being exposed to the air and the, and 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 and, and uh, moisture. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I tend to run across the top of the soil with the hoe, but I keep my hoe very sharp. I don't. I, I, I'm neglecting my instruments. Uh, yeah, that's that's my confession today. Yeah, I should do more about that. Yeah, yeah, it's very easy. Just keep a file with your tools and you'll use it every time. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the tip. Yeah. You're welcome. You're yeah. very welcome. It's a minute of time and it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. Thank is, you. <laughs> well, you've listened to me anyway, but I always try and find ways of making life easy. You do. You, <laughs> you really do. Yes, 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 yes. That's what we aim to do as well. We don't want to be uh, pessimistic or we want to show people uh, opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the best way to do it is by showing. As, yeah, exactly. like, like you said earlier, you don't want to preach to people and i completely no. agree with you on that and admitting your failures and and standing up again and going forward again yeah 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 well there's no such thing as failures they're learning curves 
That's true. It's one of the uh, design principles of permaculture. I knew you had been reading the book. <laughs> I I read a lot. I pick these things up. So I, I've heard about permaculture. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in permaculture, but to me, what I've read about permaculture is all common sense. Exactly. As I said before, it's no rocket science. It's old knowledge being applied to, again. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Right, so if anybody wants to get in contact with you, how do they find you? We have a website, discutavel.nl. And I suppose in the show note of this uh, Veggie Grower Postcasts uh, episode, uh, there's the um, mentioning of the name, in yeah. case people don't know how to spell the name, discutavel.nl. Um, and uh, we have the podcast Discutavel. And if you uh, go to Google or to one in your podcast app, um, most certainly you will find us. And it would be very nice to um, have uh, a few more UK listeners uh, to the podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Well, well, there we go, everyone. Go check them out, discutavel.nl. There's links in the show notes. But for now, thank you very much for being on the show, Yvonne. Uh, thank you for having me, Richard. It's been a welcome. great pleasure. Will you come back again? That's a big question. I would be happy to. I think we have lots to talk about. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So I've added all the links to uh, Yvonne's website into the show notes. She has now released some English podcasts, so well worth checking out. And she's also done some of her website in English, which is what I've actually linked to in my show notes. Big thanks to Yvonne for being on the show. Really appreciate it. But I'm going to have to wrap up because I'm getting... Oh, this is the longest podcast I think I've ever done. Um, Facebook group winner goes to Andy so seeds are on the way to you please please everyone get, check out the uh, Facebook group and everything I won't go on too much about that but yeah best wishes to Lee as I said earlier hope you're well and recovering but for now I'm going to wrap up so please take care and I'll see you again next time